Welcome to the Do Better podcast with your coach and host, me, Stevie Potter, helping you to go from feeling like a smashed packet of custard creams to being a superhuman. To find out where you are right now on the spectrum, go to our show notes and visit the Superhuman Scorecard and start changing your life today. Well, hello there and welcome to another episode of the Do Better podcast. I do hope you're enjoying the show. How are you? How has the last seven days been? Um, I am back to multi-sport racing again. So um, as I record this, it's the day after the Exeter Duathlon, which went really well. I kind of started my journey in multi-sport um, a long time ago, about 10 years ago, uh, at a hideous duathlon in Durham back when I was a student. And I got the train down to Durham, um, smashed myself on the bike, actually getting to the start of the event. Um, and then had to go through this really hilly, horrible bike course. It wasn't a great run either. And I had literally no idea about pacing myself. And I just remember it being the most painful thing of my life. Um, luckily for me, there weren't many entrants. So I came away with a uh, second place uh, trophy, which which I was very proud of, shoved in my back pocket, went back to the uh, train station and trundled on home. Um, and ever since then, I think until last year, so maybe like eight or nine years later, I hadn't done another duathlon because I just, I hated that event so much. Like love-hate relationship. I thought, yeah, triathlon's a bit easier than that. So to get back to it last year, um, do the Exeter Duathlon last year, you know, it was still tough, but it was nice to kind of banish some demons. And then yesterday, I think was probably the best performance I've had because it was actually a much more measured approach. Um, so, yeah, so it's been a good kind of 24 hours, um, but we're back to normal, back to training now um, and getting ready for the actual triathlon season. So getting ready to replace that run at the start with a little swim, which I'm excited about to see how the winter training is really going to pay off. Um, this week, I want to speak about something that has come up for a lot of us. I mean, everybody is talking about the rising cost of living. And what I am getting from a lot of people, um, not my clients, I have to say, um, clients are kind of doing really well on this front. Um, not really bringing it up, I think, because they've probably got their foundations more under control. But what's coming a lot, um, coming up a lot in other communities and people that are around me who are not necessarily getting the right coaching is the rising cost of living and how that's affecting their goals in relation to health and freedom. Um, you know, <laughs> The message that I want to give to everybody is that there are ways to stop money from getting in the way of your health. And so what I'm going to talk about today are some strategies that you can employ to make sure that doesn't happen to you. Because at the moment, the cost of living is really being hiked for all of us. Um, everyone really is feeling the squeeze. And there's been such massive lifts in the price of basic things like fuel and food that it can be easy to forget about what feels like the accessory things, healthy eating, getting fresh air and exercise. But that's why I want to speak to you this week and just remind you that you need to look at this the other way up. Um, now, I always tell people the Paladin principles I've created are what I base my entire coaching program on. And those principles are number one, goal smashing. Number two, mindset. Number three, nutrition. Number four, physical fitness. And number five, self-health. And I always tell people that those are the principles for a reason, because they're not the things we need to address after everything else in our lives, they're the things that we need to be putting in place as the foundation for everything else. 
But unfortunately, we often get confused and caught up in urgent stuff, which means we don't have the time and space to consider what the underlying causes of that anguish is. And that is often lack of order, lack of planning, lack of focus and lack of health and freedom. So we're kind of busy running around worrying about the the kind of hike in the cost of living. But we're not actually thinking about, you know, why are we worried about that? Um, Are there things that we can do to decrease that worry? And what else is going on around us? You know, we are going to worry about things like money. I totally accept that. And there's always going to be stressful situations in life. But what are we doing? Are we turning away from things that could really help us deal with that? So what I want to really address today is how you can stay healthy and working towards those kind of health and freedom goals without cranking the cost up and while keeping your budget in check. So you're not worrying that trying to achieve your goals is actually moving you away from being financially settled, which is a big issue for a lot of us right now. So what I'm actually saying in a less bullshitty way is that money is not what is required for health and you can get started right now on working towards your health goals without splurging on stuff. So if the excuse you've been giving to yourself is it's going to be easier, you know, in a month's time when I've got all the budget sorted, when I kind of see what the electric bill is going to be, it's going to be easier when I'm financially more stable you know, newsflash, it's never going to be any easier. And also, if you're waiting for that moment, we're all always trying to do better in terms of our finances and things like that. So when is the right moment going to be? And I just think that if you're putting it off because of that financial situation, you're probably making an excuse for yourself. So if we look at food and nutrition first... People often say to me that eating healthily is really expensive and they'll comment on how much I personally spend on food. Now, I am acutely aware that I'm in an extremely privileged position since I have access to a certain middle-class supermarket delivery company who can basically deliver me any food that I can ever imagine. Um, I also work in a town where we have excellent greengrocer with different produce available every week, um, a fantastic baker, um, and not to mention, obviously, the fact that financially I'm able to spend a good proportion of my income on top quality produce and most of the food that I want. So not just the food that I need, but actually the foods that I want. But we do still have a budget. And I have lived with a lot less income than I have now. Um, Growing up, my mum and I didn't have a grand budget to live off. Um, We had a little two bed terrace and we had a roast on a Sunday and we made that meat last well into the week. Um, She cooked it up in curries and stroganoffs and risottos and all sorts of strange, weird and wonderful things. And then it was veggies and cupboard staples until the next roast. We didn't really kind of have loads of meat and things like that. Um, We were aware of what the essentials were and what the luxuries were. And when there was a bit of money left over, you might get some of the luxuries. There was always fresh fruit around. I was never hungry, but we didn't have the luxury of access to all the brands that I can afford now. You know, the top quality organic kind of yogurt and things like that. I accept that not everybody can afford to buy that, but you can still go out and buy a basic Greek yogurt for pennies. Um, you know, and and that's what we did then is we bought the things that we could afford and we still had under, you know, very minimally processed foods um, that were really good for us. 
Likewise, I went through five years of university living on a shoestring budget and working out how to make a can of chopped tomatoes last as long as possible. So I know how to cook and eat healthily on a budget. And I made a very big point when I moved out and went to university that I was going to do lots of cooking. I think I went away with a couple of recipes, maybe two recipes in my back pocket um, that my mum had shown me. And the rest of it was all self-taught. Okay, I'll go and learn how to do things because I know that my health is really important. It's going to help me to study it's going to help me to be a better person um you know living away from home cooking was a nice thing for me to be able to do um aside from the kind of health benefits of that but i also knew that if i cooked for myself i could cook on mass i could make things really really cheaply i could freeze them and it was just going to give me way more money to play with outside of my food budget But I also think we often think of our food budget as an afterthought. So we think of the mortgage and everything else and we think of all those other things that we spend money on. Um, You know, the essentials, but also the non-essential things. And then we try and kind of squeeze our food budget, budget in around that and we just kind of pluck a number out of the air that fits in with everything else. Um, And I think that's bizarre because I'd say that, you know, food should be up there with the mortgage. You know, it should be the second thing that you put on the list because that is the fuel that's going to keep you alive. You know, without food and water, you're dead. Um, You know, you need shelter and you need lots of other things, but you need the right fuel to build the right body and you only get one shot at this body. You know, there are lots of other things that you can have a couple of goes at, um, but your body is something that once it's broken, it can be catastrophic and you're not going to get another one. Um, so one of the, the first places that people look to cut corners on in their budget is their food. Um, and often they'll sacrifice the wrong things. So they'll sacrifice the things that they need for the things that they like, um, which is just because we're always drawn towards that kind of dopamine drive of, well, this gives me pleasure, so I'd rather have that. The other day, I posted in the Paladins community a little bit of info to mark something weird like National Carrot Day. Um, Who knew that was a day until recently? But it turns out it is. But it also turns out you can buy a carrot for about 4p in most supermarkets in the British growing season. And in fact, when you choose the best of British, you can usually pick up a whole host of other veggies for pennies when they're in season. So think root veggies in the winter and then stuff that grows above ground for the rest of the year to kind of put it very loosely and and make a very black and white kind of um, solution to that. It's not necessarily that easy, but nowadays in terms of how much, you know, technology has come along in farming that's kind of about where we are when we're looking at british produce and those prices tend to be stable between the kind of summer and winter i would say um but you can also benefit from kind of on mass production of places like spain in good growing seasons so although i always encourage local produce where possible it can often be more expensive if you're looking to local farm shops who hike their prices to suit you know holiday tourist influxes um There are actually some environmental benefits to choosing produce grown naturally and imported in large quantities from Europe at the right time. So again, while local produce is better and you can get some really good deals on British produce in the supermarkets, and I would urge you to look at that, um, don't feel guilty if you're kind of buying stuff from elsewhere. Um, I'm not saying eat strawberries in the winter because obviously something like that needs a lot of heat and a lot of light to grow. So if you're buying it in the winter, wherever it's coming from, um, it's either going to be coming from a long, long, long way away, which means it's probably coming via air freight, or it's coming from somewhere where you're going to have you know massive input of energy to try and grow those, those strawberries to make them ripe. 
But I am saying look for stuff that's seasonal. Do consider air miles versus ferry freight. So the more local it is, the more likely it is to be shipped over on a ferry, which is going to be a little bit better in terms of its carbon footprint. And don't feel so bad if you're choosing Spanish oranges in summer for your daily fruit fix, because actually that might be better than some of the other things that are available. So buying seasonally is a great way to save money and increase your nutritional kind of bang for buck um, on your weekly fruit and veg crop. Um, It also kind of keeps that challenge alive of what can I cook with what's there. So I think that's a really good way to have fun with it. But also consider buying tinned and frozen produce. So minimally processed produce. Frozen will often have better nutritional content than tinned and actually sometimes even better than their fresh counterparts because the instant preservation process, which mean nutrients can be um, preserved for much longer compared with the degradation of nutrients in fresh produce during transit. So um, things like vitamin C, which are very kind of delicate vitamins um, and they're very easily degraded and they can be degraded by heat heat, light, all sorts of different things. They can be preserved really well in the kind of instant uh, freezing process that they will use for things like peas um, and berries as well, things like that. Um, So that means that whilst they're being transported, they're not losing any of that nutrition because they're already frozen. So I think frozen is a really great way to kind of, like I say, increase nutritional bang for buck and also drive the price down. The processing of foods to help extend shelf life in that kind of way can really help to drive the price down. And so long as you're not living off canned fruit cocktail and syrup your whole life, um, the odd processed kind of tinned fruit or vegetable can be a great cost saving addition to your diet. Um, I'm thinking frozen fruits for smoothies, porridge, vegetables, frozen vegetables for stews, casseroles and other similar recipes. Um, Frozen spinach, something I recommend to everyone to save on food waste. So that's another great thing um, that's good about frozen veggies is there's actually much less waste because things like spinach, you know, the bag of spinach is not going to last very long. You'll often get more than you're going to use in one recipe. Whereas with frozen produce, you can just grab what you want when you want it and then pop the rest back in the bag. So there's no more kind of gooey vegetables in the bottom of the salad drawer. Um, dried produce as well, things like dried beans. Um, you can either get them kind of cooked in the can, so you get your pulses and things in cans, but also look at dried um, kind of beans, lentils, pulses, that sort of thing in their dried forms. Um, they do take a little bit more planning ahead because you do need to kind of soak them for a little bit longer, but they can be great for kind of slow cookers and stews. Um, and they're a really cost-effective way to increase the variety in your diet. Um, you can reduce the cost of meat-based dishes as well if you're a meat eater because you can bulk them out with things like pearl barley and lentils um, instead of relying on the meat for the main event. Um, So that can also, you know, not only drive the price down, but that can help you work towards a more plant-based diet, which we know is good for us. Um, You know, I'm not a vegan, as you all know, um, but I also know the value of increasing the variety of plant foods that we're eating. So if you can increase the amount um, that you're putting into those kind of normal dishes, like say stew soups and casseroles, um, then that can only be a good thing. As I said, I'm lucky to have great producers on my doorstep, but I have not always lived here. I've not always worked in that place. And I've actually found that in most places I've lived, visited, worked, there's always a great greengrocer and a baker not far away. Um, You just have to look for it. Um, Now, it's not always the case. And I do acknowledge that there are parts of the world where access to fresh produce or even supermarkets is a challenge. And that is a bigger problem we need to tackle with all sorts of different strategies, better infrastructure, elimination of poverty pockets. But I'm not in the running to be PM just yet. So (laughs) I'm afraid that might be a subject for another day. 
But look around your neighbourhood, see what's around. Do you work near a greengrocer? Is there a bake around the corner from your house uh, that can make you a nice seeded brown loaf once a week? Perhaps these guys even deliver to save you time and petrol. And the reason these smaller stores can be great as well, you know, you're supporting a smaller business, um, but also they'll often provide you with really good quality nutrient dense items and they'll often be providing opportunities for some cheap steals. So if you become a regular there, there'll often be some, some offers available. My local greengrocer usually has the uh, 50p bargain basket out not long before my quick lunchtime trolley dash on a Tuesday. Um, And that means I can grab the veggies from there, chop them up the next day for a nice slow cooker meal. You know, they're usually in there because they're kind of about to go past their best. That can have its own nutritional benefits. So if you um, look at the benefits of kind of bruised fruits and veg, it can actually increase the antioxidant level in those. So actually eating those can be really good for you. Um, They're cheaper. And like I say, I just bung them into soups and casseroles and curries and things like that. And you don't know anything, anything different. You know, they're no different to something that had no bruising on it at all. So a lot of this requires a bit more planning. You know, you're going to have to plan to go to the different producers, different suppliers. Um, But that's the other thing that can save you money in the nutrition department is planning ahead. Um, You know, I always say how key planning is to success. Um, And that's no different when you're trying to save money and when you're trying to improve your nutrition. Do a weekly meal plan. I cannot stress this enough. I still don't understand why people struggle with this. I think it's because it requires a bit of thought. But that's essential because actually for me, I've got a very busy lifestyle. I need to know what I'm going to be cooking on each day. So I know I can plan the kind of quick meals, the stir fries when I'm going to be short on time or the slow cooker when I'm going to be home late and I'm going out at a different time. So that food's ready for the other person in my house when I get home. Um... So I think doing a meal plan is essential. I don't really understand how people can't do it, to be honest. Um, And like, I don't understand how people can do the big shop without a list. And I think that's why we end up with so much food waste, because people are not just buying what they need. Um, Just buy what you need. Always keep the staples in the house for emergencies and the odd occasion, you know, where the plan doesn't work out, it does happen. But otherwise... Buy what you need when it comes to perishable items. Sticking to a list saves on waste and it saves you from buying stuff you don't need, which is why I'd also recommend online shopping to help you stick to stuff that will benefit you um, and draw you away from the temptation of shelves, you know, with the crisps and the chocolate that are right under your nose. Um, And the other benefit to that on a cost perspective is it gives you an accurate cost as you go along. So you can play around with what to put in and out of your trolley as you go to suit your budget without having to guesstimate the cost and perhaps getting a nasty shock at the checkout if you haven't been keeping score on the way around, uh, perhaps because you've been distracted by temptation. Um, So that can be a really good way to kind of observe your budget and also avoid all the stuff that you don't need to eat that you're just wasting your money on um, and you know isn't really doing anything beneficial for you so lots of things you can do nutritionally to increase your health while decreasing the cost um what about fitness um i think that's the other element of health that you know the two big ones are nutrition and fitness um I think if you employ all the other paladin principles, um, these are the two that you need to look after. But if you employ the other ones, they're automatically going to help you to navigate the world and save a bit of money in their own way. Um, But fitness, okay, a lot of people will use the cost of things like gym membership and swimming sessions as an excuse not to work out. Uh, But I'm going to give you this little tip for free. Your feet, your feet, your legs, your feet. 
your feet come at no extra cost to you. Uh, guess what? They're actually designed for exercise. Shocking. Walk. Your feet and your legs are completely free and they are a part of your body that you need to look after if you want to stay mobile. So get up and go for a walk. Go for a walk on the beach, in the woods, in the park. Go walking. Uh, You know, maybe even go running if you're so inclined. Running isn't for everyone. There's a lot of people who don't like running, but everyone should be doing more walking. There is not one person that shouldn't be getting out there more and doing basic exercise, just moving around it's brilliant for health and if it gets you out in nature even better Uh, we're also told time and time again about the benefits of resistance exercise now during lockdown i demonstrated to my group of coached entrepreneurs um, how easy it is to get a really good resistance workout in without any proper kit at all Um, we did quite a few fun workouts together over zoom And I executed those workouts with random objects like the still unfitted sink from our long ago demolished cloakroom. So it has come in handy, even if it's not to wash hands in. Uh, But cans of beans, bottles of wine, your own body weight. Um, You know, you don't need to make exercise complicated. Uh, A lot of PTs do, and it's just totally unnecessary. Um, If you're not somebody who's training for specific goals and you don't want to join the gym or you don't have the resources to do that, and you actually just want to look after your health, then you can totally do everything you need to with stuff around the house. Um, And there's not really too much more to say on that subject. We just don't need to talk about it that long. Um, If everyone walked a bit more and used some everyday household objects to get more resistance training done um, to encourage muscle tissue preservation, then we'd all be a lot healthier for free. Uh, Now, obviously, like I say, the more specific your fitness goals are, the more you're going to need to invest in them. But at the very basic level, all you need are trainers and your own body weight. So walking, using things around the house for resistance training. So... While I completely understand people worrying about the rising cost of living, and it is difficult for us all, you know, we're all affected by that. There are ways to make sure you're still looking after yourself without feeling that you have to go and blow the budget, uh, which means you need to stop using that as an excuse, basically. Uh, Processed foods, so highly ultra-processed foods, are wasteful. They have excessive packaging, large carbon footprints, compared with more minimally processed um, produce, you know, even the kind of fresh and uh, frozen and tinned kind of fruits and vegetables. Um, And they're also more expensive overall when compared with those minimally processed fresh produce items um, and in-season items in particular as well. And exercise literally boils down to just moving your body in the way in which it was designed. And guess what? That wasn't on a treadmill. You can go outside and make nature your own playground to get the exercise you need um, and probably have more fun while you're at it. Um, I'm a big fan of big fan of just getting out there and making everyday objects into, you know, fun exercise activities. So go and try that out um, and do the same. So hopefully that kind of gives you some ideas about things that you can do to preserve your health and preserve this kind of journey that you're on to achieve success through health. Um, You know, I don't think anybody should be sacrificing health and freedom um, for for money. And And I firmly believe that there are things that you can do to really help you manage with the stress that's going on right now because if you look after your health you are going to feel better and that's really important when you're managing crises and really stressful situations but also look at things the right way around um 
think about getting all of those foundations all of those cornerstones in place so that you can deal with the stress better um but don't think that actually you need to spend loads of money on doing that don't say well i can't do that because i have to deal with that stressful situation um you know money isn't the only way to access health and while it can help you and like i say i have the luxury of kind of choosing you know my favorite brands of of produce and things like that and i obviously go to a gym and a swimming pool and things like that but that's because my goals are very different um you know we don't all need to do that at all um and i think it's about being creative but i think again as always it boils down to just having some forward thinking just planning just thinking about the things that you can do to make your life easier and make these things more accessible so you're not relying on kind of you know you're essentially paying the bill of convenience otherwise so i hope that was helpful um i will see you again next week in the meantime have a think over this see what you can do to to save a bit of money and still improve your health at the same time and i would love to hear if you've got any tips as well um, about cheap and easy ways to kind of improve health and you know nutrition and exercise and things like that Um, but for now it's been great as always and i will catch up with you all again next week bye thanks for listening to the do better podcast i hope you enjoyed the show You can connect with me and learn more about how you can become a happier, healthier and more successful superhuman by contacting me at steviepotter at thewonderclinic.co.uk, following Stevie's Wonder Clinic on Instagram and heading to our website thewonderclinic.co.uk. And you can get started on your journey today by completing the superhuman scorecard via the link in the show notes. I hope to see you all soon.